Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So after years of basically just experimenting and changing up and and making variations on uh, my dad's old chili recipe, I finally started to reach a point where I, I feel like I have... A recipe of my own that I'm that I'm starting to love, and it's it's really close. It's not quite perfect yet, but it's really close. But it's really close. Uh, but this would I, be great because you once you make it and finalize it, you can pass it down to Penelope, so she can yeah. pass it down to her. Penelope's <laughs> <laughs> a dog, by the way. For yes. those of you unfamiliar, <laughs> a, a dog who who has been spayed, so like she won't be having any <laughs> kids, be having kids. <laughs> any more than I will be having kids of my own. Uh, <laughs> right. It's it's fine. It's fine. You know what? The, the world's a, a shit show, and it'll probably end soon anyway. Okay, but, uh, the, but the internet exists. You can post <laughs> the recipe to the internet, and then millions upon billions can enjoy it forever or until. That's true. Actually, um, uh, kind of uh, along the same, the same lines, I, uh, I I threw together something mostly with like freezer and pantry ingredients yesterday, and I made a joke like uh, – Elevated freezer meals with Caleb and Ellen's like, there's your YouTube show. I was like, well, maybe. You're like, actually, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think I told you last time I, I did, a, I dumped a bottle of uh, dinosaur barbecue sauce in the yeah. chili. And that was, that was really cool. It was kind of like the, like the special standout ingredient in the batch. But I wanted to do more of a classic chili this time. Uh, and I usually try to do a meatless uh, but I've been using the, uh, the the like fake meat crumbles that I, that I told you about. Yeah. Um, and like that's really cool for like the, the the flavor and the texture and whatnot. But there is a very specific umami that comes from when the beef fat renders out when you make a like a traditional like ground beef or like brisket chili or something like that. When you get beef in there specifically, and like I've never really been able to to quite replicate that flavor like that that type of flavor profile in a uh, a meatless chili sure um i had the thought this time to add just like two-thirds of a packet of soy sauce oh and i think that that's gonna do i i also i think next time i do this i'm gonna get myself some of this uh some some uh some smoked chipotle peppers with the adobo sauce okay because that that like smoky salty, spicy flavor from the, the chipotle uh, seasoning, uh, I think would be perfect. Now, did you use the term umami? 
I did. Or I did. was it Unagi? Uh, uh, by the um, way, that joke is strictly <laughs> for Casey Ryan, host of the Superpod Hero Cast, and I know that he will get that joke. So in one week time, when he listens to this episode, I do expect a response on Slack. Just so we know. <laughs> I'll be looking for that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you I know. I did the hand I, motions too, uh, uh, Casey. Just so you know. <laughs> but you know, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to to protect my protect. Pr- perfect my recipes because you know yeah i you know i uh i'm actually having tonight i'm having an amazing uh barbecue pulled pork um with some seasoned green beans yum and some nice uh like homemade style mac and cheese whose house are you going to uh no actually i bought it pre-made from wegman (laughs) so I mean, they have like these meals. They're like pre-made meals, and they come in a little. Cont- I mean, I feel yeah, it feels I've very school-like, but they're really fucking good. Like, I have really seen good. those when I've been there, and I thought this is fucking smart, and I probably should just buy these. And that's what I mean. That's what I do. I can't cook worth shit. I like I can follow instructions mostly. Like if if it starts to get pretty complicated, I'm like. I ordering a pizza, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, but I like to, you know, I like when people make foods and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, I don't mind trying and I like, I don't mind trying new things and stuff like that, but I don't have the brain for that. So like, that's not, that's not how my, my brain doesn't think in a cooking manner. So yeah. like, that's not my forte, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's not a thing. That's not how my mind works. It does not work in the way of making food outside of, you know, remove package insert fair yeah fair. I, I just i love experimenting in the kitchen and you know i have no intention like jokes about a youtube show aside i have no intention of doing a, a cooking show but i would because like as you know there were there were three topics that i said that i really want us to to find a way to cover on night shift radio shows yeah i wanted i wanted spooky which we got with with possibly normal we sure did i want i wanted tech and i wanted cooking so we've got tech and cooking. We tried to get a cooking show at one we time. Tried. We yeah. tried. We, we've got all of this year. We can figure that out. Um, and I was like, you know what I want? I want to uh, be bleak and, and nihilistic and talk about uh, the apocalypse. Uh, so that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. And I'm your host, Michael Veit. And I'm a gravity device. <laughs> so you you messaged about this movie. You were like, I mm-hmm. can't tell. What was your exact wording? You were like, I can't tell. I said, I don't know if this is a shitty movie that is accidentally funny or if it's low-key a brilliant comedy. I, so I watched, I, as I started watching this movie, I was like, this movie's fucking terrible. Like that was yeah. my initial first shot. I was like, everybody sucks in this movie. Like nobody is acting the way they should. Like logically, you know, like the dad, Spencer or whatever, does not act the mm-hmm. way he should. And everybody's like terrible, like, oh, dad, like kind of acting. But yeah. as the movie progressed, I'm like, actually, this is a really good movie. <laughs> like, yes. This is actually really fucking good. But like, almost (laughs) but like it's It's, there it's there the idea like the plot of this movie like when you get to the end i'm mm -hmm. like actually that's a really good idea like that's a really funny idea but like it's not executed great and we'll talk about it but i'm like fuck that's actually really cool (laughs) yeah when we get there i I will say that the the one the one like major flaw of this movie is that i feel like they they didn't quite 
they didn't they didn't give us the like the entire payoff for the the setup yeah um, really really cool premise um like brilliantly written and acted exactly the way that it it was it needed to be for how it was written for how it was written uh, and yeah. like this this gave me a lot of what a lot of the energy that we had when you and I started this, where we would talk about movies that were bad but we loved them, yeah, this this falls into that category. The maze bad. It it like it very well could have tipped over into just like complete shitty movie territory and been something that we just joke about and dunk on for an hour. But I ended up enjoying this so much because it didn't take itself too seriously and knew what like it felt like it knew what it was trying to accomplish and was just kind of like taking these little subtle digs along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I um I wish this movie would have leaned into the absurdity of it a little more. It felt mm-hmm. like it it was kind of like dancing on the line between like we're going to make a a lighthearted comedy about, you know, a family and, you know, getting together at the end of the apocalypse. Or we're going to make a batshit insane sci-fi film. And they kept like, like they were walking that line and they would kind of lean one way and then lean the other and be like, oh, <laughs> it's getting a little silly. Nope, nope, nope. Off the mom and dad got to reconnect. Oh, there's conspiracies. You know, and I'm like, just just fall to any one side and the movie will be fine. Just fall to any yeah. side and we're good. <laughs> like I would, I would go with a lighthearted... Haha, end of the world, but family is all that matters. You know, like yeah. I would go with that too, but like pick one. But yeah, and just like even in the the opening sequence, just looking at the 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 visuals had that very like everything looked just like in some ways a little too good. Yeah. So it didn't have the like gritty film quality, and that's a a, a, a thing that I, I see pretty consistently amongst the like the lower budget and the uh, objectively worse movies that we watch. They tend to have this visual style. So I see that, and I see these three characters standing side by side, uh, having and like we're dropped in the middle of a conversation with no context, and have to go from there. And they're all acting kind of like stiff and like poorly written and stuff. I'm like, oh god. It's going to be terrible. I, I thought it was But it be, embraces that. It does. It embraces it, all of that. It kind of works. I, I'll be honest. Uh, it took me probably about 10, 15 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. where I was still like, is this a religious movie? Like, because I kind of <laughs> was like, wait, is this like a, you know, like the apocalypse is over, but like they're going to find themselves in faith or something? And I was like, oh shit. Like, what is about to happen here? And as it kept getting more and more silly, I was like, no, okay, but that's but it's that quality. Were, like it felt hallmark. You were waiting for Kirk Cameron to show up. I was a hundred percent waiting for Kirk Cameron to show up and be like, Jesus will save the Jesus will punch the asteroid and <laughs> I want that movie. I mean that's that would be a good movie. I, I, I want would, Jesus to show up and punch and, and punch an asteroid. Yeah. And, I, I saw a clip online of of a movie with Jesus where a bunch of uh, zombies show up and Jesus has to fight them, but he pulls out fish and they're like, what are you going to do with fish? And he throws them like ninja stars at them. And he fucking multiplies. Yeah. Cause, he's Cause he just kept creating <laughs> new fish. And I was like, I, I kind of want to watch this movie, but it was really that's, terrible looking. But I was like, I, I think I do want to watch this movie. <laughs> that's extremely good. <laughs> and all right, look, 
those of you listening who you know, maybe caught the the first episode of the year that we did, uh, where we talked about Don't Look Up, and you're like, why are you doing two of the same movie in a row? I need you to understand that these are very, very different films. You see, Don't Look Up was about scientists discovering a comet that uh, its trajectory was going to cause it to, to crash into the Earth. Uh, this movie, uh, Asteroid, it's in the title. It's about an asteroid that's coming to the Earth. It's not a comet. It's very different. I mean, you cannot get any more different than that. <laughs> I, uh, and now uh, we're going to cut to Neil deGrasse Tyson explaining the difference between an asteroid and a comet. Uh, editor note, if we actually do get that, insert that here. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, uh, thanks, Neil. That was great. And uh, <laughs> um, yes, but I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's a line in the movie, too, where someone is like, where someone says that and the, and the crackpot conspiracy theorist that they have is like, no, no, that's a meteor. Of course, if it falls into Earth and breaks apart, then it's a meteorite. And then his assistant, he explains it. He's like, "How do you? How, why did you remember all that?" He's like, "Why didn't you? It's our universe. Why wouldn't you want to know about it?" I'm like, "That's the a one fair thing point. everybody should understand is the universe." I'm the like, universe. "It's actually a fair point. That's a fair point." I'm over here remembering shit about you know George Washington from 250 years ago, but like the universe is forever. George Washington, he didn't even know dinosaurs existed. That's a true story, by the way. Dinosaurs were were found like 70 years after he died. Like he never knew they existed. Yeah. hmm. The overlaps in in time, because like George Washington wouldn't have known about the discovery of dinosaurs, but like mammoths were still alive when the pyramids were built. Right. Right, like just wand- fucking just weird, fucking wandering around. Yeah, I mean they they wouldn't have been wandering by the pyramids because you know very right. different climates. Sure, but they existed yeah. at the same time. It is it is theoretically possible that the builders of the pyramids could have known about mammoths. And Cleopatra lived closer to the time of us landing on the moon than she did to the time of the pyramids being built. Fucking wild. Like, I mean, time, it's by thousands of no years, meaning. but like time has no meaning. It's wild. But anyway, so the movie Asteroid. Now, uh, you know, the first thing right out of the bat is nobody in this movie except for Spencer has been in like anything else. Uh, Spencer, on the other hand, played by, uh, I assume it's pronounced Kyle, Kyle Carvin. It looks like Kyle, yeah. Um, He's been in a ton of things. So most recently he's in Cobra Kai. He plays Bob. I I haven't watched Cobra Kai. Everybody raves about it, but I don't know. I just have like zero interest in watching it, even though I did like the Karate Kid movies. Um, But he plays Bob, if that means anything to you. Uh, But he's also in, uh, he was in NCIS, New Orleans. Um, He was in uh, Dope Sick. He was in, um, what else? The MacGyver Show, the new one. Um, he was in the resident, uh, like he was in swamp thing. Like he's been in a lot of, uh, good things. He was in the show dynasty. He was code black, uh, in the show code black on CBS. Like he has a really good acting resume. Now I do have to read, um, the very first uh, line of his mini biography on IMDb because I think it's great. He says an actor, a human sometimes does a good job as both sometimes a bad job at both. And I think that is great. That is great uh, retrospective. Also, he is deeply interested in the world of the paranormal, and he is a part-time host on the Paranormal Podcast, Afraid of Nothing, with Bob Heskey. Kyle, Kyle, come talk to us. Oh, and he's from upstate New York. 
That's of course he. He's from he's from Winanta. He, oh, he's from <laughs> Winanta. That explains everything. <laughs> Yeah, so this movie is set in Oneonta, New York, um, which is about two hours from where I live. So, yeah. yeah. I was I, trying to, like, I have to have been there because I, I, I mean, obviously I'm familiar with it, but I couldn't remember if I'd ever, like, actually set foot in the town of Oneonta or if I just, like, was aware of its existence. Uh, yeah. And then I looked it up on a map because I didn't remember where it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I, that's, I, I probably have been there. You know, I probably drove through it a few times to get to mm-hmm. something. Um, I don't distinctly remember anything in uh, Oneonta. And in fact, the way they describe it is I'm like, yeah, that's probably, that's probably yeah. right. That's, it that's seems, a lot of the uh, areas around here are very much like that. It seems extremely accurate. I yeah. Mean, a couple hours from I mean, Syracuse, a couple hours from Cooperstown. Let's be real though, minus a black person owning a business in Oneonta. Yeah. That's, uh, Probably not likely. I don't think they would allow that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, rural New York is a scary place. It's a scary Uh, place. Speaking of scary rural areas, uh, I'd also like to point out a couple of lines from the biography for Maddie Jo Cousert, who plays uh, the the mother, Lynn, in this movie. Oh, yeah. Go Uh, on. Maddie Jo grew up in Midwest Christian household in Branson, Missouri, which was a lot like being in a kitschy yet charming movie set all the time, but a movie set nonetheless. Now a New York City-based actor, she's ready to book that Hallmark Christmas movie so people back home knows she really made it. Um, <laughs> and of course, uh, Manajo has an extensive background in fitness and athletics. Special skills included uh, include singing Broadway tunes while doing pull-ups. That is, I, I would watch that. I would watch somebody uh, singing Broadway tunes while doing pull-ups. <laughs> so I, I love the the casting choices for this movie. I, I uh, appreciate that. It it kind of feels like most of the people were just kind of picked up off the street in Oneonta. Uh, oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. You you know it's funny. So uh, I I was looking at the director and I was like, so what has the director done? And I looked at some of the things and I was like, what the fuck? And uh, I was going through like the IMDb reviews and someone was like, oh yeah. Then I read that this guy's a conspiracy nut and I'm like, oh great. And so I went and look, but like, he's not a conspiracy nut in the way you would think. I mean, he has like his one, like, cause there's like conspiracy theorists that are like, Bigfoot is real and mm-hmm. the Loch Ness monster is real. And like, I will totally get down with those people. Like I sure. am all for that. Like the, the crypto and like the, you know, aliens secretly visited in the fifties and the government's been covering it up. I will fuck with you. I am totally down with that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the QAnon and the, like, other crazy, like, you know, right-wing Nazi conspiracy theorists. And I'm like, you guys can go jump in a lake. Yeah. Um, However, the only thing I could find on him about conspiracy theorists is that he thinks that 9-11 was an inside job. And I'm like, honestly, I feel like that's a little up for debate. (laughs) I don't really find that a conspiracy theory as much as I'm like... But maybe, probably, like I'm not, I'm not like I don't find that either way. Uh, but like we're we're not saying you're wrong, right? But I'm we're also not, not saying and uh, we're not we're, saying you're right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, um, but that's the only thing I found. And he actually did like a whole documentary series uh, on it. Um, but then he did a bunch of other. Um, Movies. This Basically, was, he he tried to be a director, and this was probably the biggest movie he's ever made. Is it Dylan Avery? Dylan Avery. Yep. Okay. 
Yeah, who grew up in Virginia, but I don't, uh, I'm not entirely sure of what the ties to upstate New York were, um, but he does uh, claim upstate New York as as some sort of home, but it says his birthplace was in Virginia. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a whole, like, either it's a whole series or oh, it's he a, released yeah, it, it multiple times and yeah. changed the name each time. Yeah, Loose it was change. a documentary series. Yeah. Loose Change 9-11, an American coup. yeah. Listen, I'm not saying 9-11 was an inside job, but I am saying George Bush was a war criminal. Yeah, I mean, because that's, that's, I feel like, you know, when you connect those dots, it, it might lead to... Uh, yeah, so anyways, so Asteroid. So Asteroid starts off the exact way you would think a Hallmark and or Christian themed movie would start off. <laughs> and that's what got me worried right off the back. So I was like, fuck, no, what Fair. the fuck is this? And yep. then I was like, because uh, there are movies like this. Like I, I started watching another one. Um, oh, I forgot what it was called. The Code or something like that. The, Ju- the Judas Code, maybe? I don't know. Oh, God. But basically what it is is they found this. Um, this is complete. This is not the plot of this movie. This is the plot of this other movie. Uh, And it was kind of like Minority Report, but basically they found that um, descendants of Judas had this special like thing in their DNA that gave them like a a, a predisposed to commit violent crime. And so like it was this weird fascist thing where anybody who had the code was like hid away because they were going to commit violence and stuff like that. And I'm like... This could because it was very it's like apocalyptic future set. And I'm like, this might be cool. I don't know. Like, let's watch. Uh, and I started watching, but like five seconds in, it was like a nun is the main hero who is saving people uh instead of instead of reporting them for having the Judas code and they go off and get like imprisoned or killed or whatever. She's converting them to the word of Christ. And I was like, no, nah. I'm done. I was like, this, I'm over it. Uh, like, the this premise doesn't even make sense. Judas wasn't a violent criminal. Right. He, 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 he turned it in because he was afraid and he was trying to protect Jesus. And then, you know, he, all shit went down. He was a narc, sure, but not, not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, snitches get stitches. They don't, they don't, they don't give stitches. They don't give stitches. That's, <laughs> Caleb, you have stumbled across. I'm fucking, I can't. <laughs> Mm. Anyways, Asteroid it, it, It's also worth noting that this movie is not about the video game Asteroid This isn't like a, yeah. a Pixels cinematic universe or something like that That would actually be funny too uh, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. So, um, uh, yeah, so Asteroid So the movie starts off, we get this family riding in their, you know, in his nice big old pickup truck uh, Out Woo. to rural upstate New York Now, mind you, I do also want to point out this is central New York, not upstate New York uh, but it's, they say upstate because this is this, if you're from New York City, anything north of uh, of the islands is upstate New York. Um, but when you live in upstate New York, we're central New York. There's like western New York, central New York, the capital region, the southern tier, which is what people call upstate New York, and then New York City. So you you could you could make the argument that Oneonta is southern tier, um, and to people coming from the city, which this family supposedly is, this would be considered upstate because, as you said, anything past like 
what is it, Westchester County or something? Yeah, like, like anything. Past, yeah, Westchester. Past Poughkeepsie yep. uh, is upstate. I don't know. It's, uh, it's very semantic. Like, re, it's a regional thing. Like, mm-hmm. for anyone that doesn't live in central New York, it's upstate New York. Yeah. Um, I mean, we it's, didn't say upstate New York. Most of the arguably, time. it's significantly farther than most places will set their, like, we went upstate to get away from the city moments. Right, right. Which right. Uh, happened in Save Yourselves, right? Wasn't did, that in upstate did. New York? And But then they yeah. were like in, like they weren't actually in upstate. They were literally like in upstate New York. Yeah. Like just outside of the city. Anyways, so so they decide to move out. And, and the, the initial thing you get right off the bat is that the dad is having some sort of meant like midlife like they keeps throwing around the term midlife crisis but it, it's he's definitely fe- he's feeling a thing he's in his feelings let's mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. yeah and like we we get little bits of uh, of his story throughout the movie we don't get like a, a full character exposition but we know that like he had some some problems with his dad and then when his mom died he just said fuck this town like he'd always talked about moving away anyway it was like that story like the guy that wants to leave his hometown and does and moves down to the big city, uh, you know, doesn't get much more moved down to the big city than going to New York. Like going to New York, um, like the biggest city. And then, of course, uh, you know, now he's he's an adult and he's married, he has a kid, and his you know his parents are both dead, and he's coming back to the to like the town that he grew up in because he wants to get away from it all. He wants the the peace and quiet and, and to raise his family there. Um, there's some like subtle implications that there are other reasons why he came specifically back to here, but I don't think they really explore well, it that he, much. He grew up here. That was that was the thing. Is like he grew up in this town and right, yeah. but like he hated it so much. So like, why did he, I mean this? My own story. I, why did I go back? Right, um, right, right. But you know, he, he hated it so much. They make a point of of you know saying that several times. And if he's moving away from the city to get. Uh, you know, to just to get away, he could have chosen any. I mean, he could have chosen anywhere, hundreds of small towns in upstate New York without he, specifically going back to his hometown. He drove so. past many of them to he get did. to uh, Oneonta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which and the daughter in this movie, uh, played by uh, Miley Rose, uh, Zoe quotes doesn't exactly quote, but uh, basically quotes a goofy movie when she was like, I don't want to get away from it all, I like. It all. Yes. <laughs> uh, side note, you know, we've talked before about uh, actors who are cast as high school students uh, or like early college students who are like well into their 30s or older. Yeah. Uh, Miley Rose is uh, three years younger than you and I. Uh, and she is playing someone who is doing her college interviews. So she is Miley. Ro- no, this says that her birthday is in 1994. Oh, 1994. I can't read. Oh, I was like, well, numbers are hard years. for me. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, <laughs> still 13 years younger puts her at 27. So, yeah. yeah. So, okay. I mean, that makes a lot more sense. I mean, like, goddamn, she's almost 40. <laughs> she, yeah. I mean, damn, she looks good for 40. <laughs> That's the case. Numbers are very difficult. Numbers are very brain. difficult. I was like, wait, what? No, that can't be accurate. That's funny. Um, but I was like, 1984. What the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because Kyle Carvin is he was born in 1980. He's only yeah, a he's year a, older. A than year us. older. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that would be even funnier. He's like, your like, daughter is three years cast- younger than you. This cast is just all old high school friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I don't know, go be in a movie, see what happens. 
Um, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, so, you know, of course we get the typical teenager thing, and like, there's no cell service, which, in all fairness, like, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I would have been like, uh, like, yeah, okay. Um, but like today, if like there is no cell service or internet, and I'm like, that's actually a problem. <laughs> Cause like a lot of work, you know, and she, she brings up very valid points. She's like, I have to do college interviews online. I have to fill out applications. I have to call these people. And she's like, and I can't do that if I don't have reliable service. Like obviously they, you know, they probably have a landline they could get. Um, yeah. But very reasonable, I think, uh, uh, rebuttal on her end in this. Well, and you think like um, the idea that there would be a dead spot in an area like this, not that far fetched. It really there's like, a fucking dead spot <clears throat> by my house, like four yeah. blocks up. There's a spot where just my service tanks for this like one corner, and yep. then it kicks back up. It's right by Lockheed Martin. That's not weird at all, oh, right? Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I used to I used to share an office with uh, with some folks from uh, Lockheed. Great people. We yeah. uh, we ate White Castle together. Um, nice. That's, that's a whole story. Uh, <laughs> so like it's it's really it's not far fetched, and of course it creates a little bit of the the necessary disconnect that any kind of sci fi horror thriller or whatever needs. Um, but it's also the kind of thing that you would expect that uh, someone would have discovered during the process of purchasing this home. Well, that it wouldn't come as a surprise to them that not only do they have no cellular service, but they are outside the the uh, service zone for like actual internet providers to run service to their connection. Like that would have come up at some point. Yes, and uh, uh, I'm going to leave this as a note for later uh, in the end of this episode when I talk about what I would do to rewrite this. But it also prevents. It also uh, creates a plot hole a little bit mm. about the house. Um, but to that being said, I don't think Spencer, like, that's not what, I think that's, uh, I don't think Spencer was intentionally looking for that, but I feel like, like, we kind of get the impression that, you know, you know, Spencer, I mean, he does go out of his way to go to the local internet, the internet store. The internet store. Yeah. And then there was, we we had a bunch of trouble. So instead of, uh, improving our service, we just changed our name or we we rebranded. We rebranded. I was like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, okay. We're no longer Charter, we're Spectrum now. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're no longer Time Warner, we're Charter. We're no longer Charter, we're Spectrum. Uh, yeah, any minute now. Um, yeah, you know. Can but, I just get a little internet? <laughs> nope. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, so, so, so he does go try to get internet. But like that that was one of the, the things that initially I was like, oh shit, this is going to be just total trash because they make jokes like that. Like, you know, there's no internet, not even a little bit. Can we just get a little internet? Right. And I'm like, oh my God, these people don't know anything about the internet. And then I realized like, oh, they're really just leaning into that as a joke. That absurdity. <laughs> and it becomes a running gag uh, uh, later. You know, they do very much kind of like go into that yeah. um, a little bit later where he's like, uh, he's like, hey, can we, uh, can we use some of your internet? He's like, I don't have any. It's like, not even a little like, bit. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. That's a, that, that became a running gag. You're right, though. Like and that first interaction with the store employee, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But then when everybody else that he interacts with that's not a main character acts exactly like that, I was like, they're doing this on purpose. This, this is a oh. bit. I love- yeah, I was like, okay, okay. Uh, I, get, I get it. Well, and it, it works so well, too, because like, like left to his own devices, this is exactly the world that... Um, what is that? Spencer? What is the key? Spencer, thank you. Yeah. This is exactly the world that Spencer wants to live in. Like, he's oh, 100%. Like, 
he's kind of the 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 version of like our generation that that gap between Gen X and Millennials that um, you know didn't grow up with this shit and decided like I don't need it right like, has just stuck with like what I know works for me my flip phone is advanced as I'm gonna get and like like this is the life that I want and I don't want my kids to to have you know uh, uh, they don't want to. But it's just, I, we we promised we wouldn't let her grow up looking at screens or something like that. Right. And the mom was like, well, she did because that's the world. Because that's the world. Yeah. I mean, and again, like, I get, I understand, you know, from someone who is a father, I understand that sort of like, yeah, I don't want my kid sitting looking at a screen. But at the same point when she's like, all my friends are on are doing this thing or on this thing. And I don't want to be like, no, you can't do that. And then be like, and now you have no friends. Like I can't, like I can't yeah. reasonably expect that of her, you know? So mm-hmm. like if her friends want to FaceTime all the time, then I let her FaceTime all the time. She's socially interacting, you know? I mean, yeah. it's not like her, fr- it's not like she can just go outside and, you know, play with the friends that are right there. And she does, but you know what I mean? Like, so I get it, but you've got to be realistic. you got to have that balance between the realist and, you know, yeah. expectations. I made the joke on Twitter when I thought that this movie was going to be more heavy handed with that message than it actually ended up being that like, I'm, I'm kind of sick of like sitting down and on the internet and watching movies that are like, the internet's bad and you shouldn't be staring at screens as I'm fucking staring at a screen to watch the goddamn <laughs> that movie. movie. That's only available on the You're internet. Like, <laughs> you like, you are a part of this motherfucker. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's an odd it's the the like ongoing like if you look back through history the the like generational resistance to change uh, as the world in most cases continues to improve uh, is just it's comic to look back on yeah. and I, I I feel like that's more what they were doing here and less trying to get a message like staring at screens is bad but like it initially comes across as like oh okay. This is going to be all about how we need to disconnect, and and like it's going like that's going to be the moral of the the, the more the movie because you know they missed out on life because they were staring at screens. Thankfully, no, no, and and it's almost it almost turns quite opposite uh, because Spencer kind of learns that like you have to have that balance between like your expectations and reality. Like that is mm-hmm. that is like a very subtle moral story yeah. that plays out, and you know in the end. Um, you know, uh, that's it. And I think it, it isn't it like in the very end of the movie, like he's on the news and it says like crazy man learns lesson or something like that. Doesn't crazy, crazy man makes good point. Oh yeah. Crazy man makes good point. Yeah. And he, he says something to that effect of like, you, you know, you just kind of, kind of go with how things are now, uh, as with all of these sort of type of movies interspersed throughout, you know, the, the underlying plot of them moving to the country you know, getting, going to stores, getting things. They're in a diner. He goes to the hardware store to get like light bulbs, you know, and stuff. We keep hearing these news reports and things of like, you know, NASA has discovered this, uh, you know, has an amazing discovery and they're going to make an announcement about it soon. And it's supposed to be this big deal. Like you keep hearing and people like keep turning it off or changing it. I uh, love because it's it's very much the like the zombie movie intro plot where like the news is happening and people are ignoring it. Right. Uh, but I also love that it's like I don't know if this is intentional, but I read it as a very subtle dig at the way that the, the you know over the last few years, large organizations like NASA or other like governmental organizations will tease like we have a big announcement tomorrow, and then everyone's like, 
what is it going to, is it finally aliens? Right. Uh, uh, like, is it finally the asteroid? <laughs> like, what is it? Yeah. And she's like, oh, we discovered this dope-ass exoplanet. And we're like, cool, space is awesome. Uh, you could have just told us that in an email. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, a week, like a month ago when you said you had an announcement. Uh, one of the scenes I did love that I thought was really funny is, uh, so uh, Spencer makes his way to a hardware store in which he runs into uh, an old, uh, we'll say, friend, Although he makes a very big deal of being like he was not my friend, I don't really understand that whole uh, the whole point of him doing that. But it was basically a guy he went to school with, um, mm -hmm. who we knew, uh, you know, back in the day, who end up uh, basically running this hardware store in town. He runs the only hardware store in town. His name is Kenny. He's played by Lejean Woods. Um, and they're in there, and the news report is happening, and you know, uh, Spencer's there buying light bulbs. Kenny's ringing him out, and somebody was like oh, NASA said they they found a big uh, asteroid and some random person walks by and goes, NASA, everyone knows the Earth is flat. He keeps walking <laughs> out and he's like, yeah, there's still a lot of people up here like that too. And I thought that was really funny. That was a very good moment because we never see that guy again. Never. I think it was the director, to be honest. He uh, just walks by NASA. What a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. You don't know the Earth's flat <laughs> anyway and just keeps, <laughs> keeps walking. <laughs> and they were like, yikes. Uh, the the best part is I was doing some uh, some some cleanup of my my contacts on my phone, uh, you know, from like just decades of phone numbers collected that I'm never going to fucking use anymore. Right. Uh, and I, I recall deleting the contact for someone who would have actually been that guy in real life. And I'm like, bye. <laughs> See you. Delete. 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 That's great. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I added. Uh, I forgot who it was. I added someone into my phone. And I realized that I had like four people with the exact same name, but oh, none no. of them had last names. Oh, and I was no. like, I don't know who any of these people are. So I deleted everybody that didn't have a last name and just kept that one person. I, forgot, I think it was like a work person or something, but still. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so, so you know, uh, Kenny's like, oh, like, oh, what brings you back? And he was like, eh, I'd rather not talk about it, you know, but I'm back. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, welcome back, I guess. Like, let's get a beer sometime. And he's like, no. And he's being really weird about it. And Kenny's like, no, no, no. Here, here's my phone number. Like, call me. We'll, we'll get a drink. You know, we can we can catch up and, you know, tell me the story. And, and Spencer's like, all right, whatever. And then he goes back to the house. And we, we get the dynamic of Lynn, his wife. Um, and Zoe, his daughter, where Zoe is the, I'm going to say typical teenager, but I'm actually going to say stereotypical teenager because I feel mm -hmm. like people don't really act like this. Like it's always My been life a, is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, so, you know, she's the like, I hate everything and parents are stupid. Um, you know, but you know, to our point of what we've said about the rest of this movie, I think it plays well because everything is is played to that highest end of stereotype. I mean, not not mm -hmm. as high as I would have liked. I actually would have liked them to turn it up even more uh, for all the characters, but um, it ends up working because of the absurdity of, of everything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they're all there and they're like, all right, we're going to do the thing and do the thing and let's get the house ready. And then the news hits that this asteroid is coming. And it's uh, so the first the first thing they say is the asteroid is 50 meters wide. But that once it breaks through the atmosphere, it's going to burn up and be roughly five meters wide. That's a significant reduction. That is a significant reduction. But 
uh, wasn't, oh no, it was kilometers. Yeah. Uh, the other one was kilometers. Cause I was like, yeah, that's world ending. Yeah. But like five meters is, is like, is not big, right? Isn't that like 20 feet? Isn't it three? It is roughly, roughly 16 feet. Yeah. So, I mean, still very, still a very big deal when it's hurtling from space and on fire, a giant rock. Yeah, 16 but and a half feet. that is not a world-ending event. That is like a town-leveling event, as as yeah. you know, as they describe it. The, the people near where it hits are going to have a bad day. They're going to have a bad day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything near where it hits is going to have a bad day. <laughs> you know, so, uh, of course, you know, the daughter was like, hello, this is a really big deal. Like, uh, you know, once they find out, they're like, it's fine. It's probably going to land somewhere, you know, where no one lives, like Idaho. And they keep making that joke, by the way, um, which I don't yes. know if that was like a very, <laughs> it was funny, but it was also like a very specific place for an ongoing gag that definitely must have been an inside joke. Like somebody in the the cast crew or otherwise fucking hates Idaho. Fucking hates and- Idaho. <laughs> It just is like, I hope and you get hit by a fucking asteroid. Having been there, I can say that, uh, you know, while unfair for the most part, they are correct. Like an asteroid could hit Idaho and be pretty unlikely to, to you know, ruin anyone's day. Right, right. It'd be, it'd be safe. Unless it specifically hit Boise. <laughs> in <laughs> right. which case, again, going to ruin some days. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin some days. Uh, so now the the big story is happening, you know, and everybody is is starting to talk about the asteroid that's hitting. And we do have a moment where, or not we have a moment, but uh, as as Spencer is heading back to his house, he kind of sees this creepy guy with the metal detector kind of roaming around his yard. Uh, like he, he has a very large property. He stops and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And the guy's like, oh, hey, you, you just bought that house up there, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, it's going to hit your house. And he's like, fucking what? <laughs> fucking Wilson. Fucking Wilson. In the in the like shipping, not shipping, fishing uh, hat and invest. Like yeah. he's like, like it, it feels like a, an homage to Wilson from Home Improvement almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh who uh Wilson was in uh Gotham. He was a, he was the caretaker in an episode of Gotham. Um also he was in a movie called Laura Gets a Cat, which um I don't know what it's about. Uh, okay, Laura, an unemployed writer in New York City, tries to juggle an unexpected, an unexciting boyfriend, an affair with a performance artist, and a vivid imaginary life. I kind of want to see that movie. Um, huh. But anyways, he was in that huh. movie, and uh, yeah. So Wilson, you know, he's the local conspiracy nut guy. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, the first encounter is Wilson like out like doing metal detection on his property. Right. And he's like, get off my property. And that's when he says like the asteroid, it's going to hit your house. And he's like, what? get the fuck out of here. Another good running joke is him constantly telling people to get off his property. Yeah. Can you get off my, pro- <laughs> the line? He's like, you know, they're like, well, the line is actually, right here. Just, just step back. <laughs> it's a very funny uh, scene later. Um, yeah. So, uh, at, you know, so now that we've got most of our cast of characters as the film progresses, you know, we'll, we'll kind of fast forward a little bit. As the film progresses, you know, the the news reports start narrowing it down more and more to like, oh, it's going to hit, you know, somewhere in Oneonta. And then eventually they're like, it's going to hit at this exact longitude and longitude coordinates. 
um, which is this address. And it turns out to be exactly Spencer's address. It's one 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 three Henrik Drive or something. Yeah, which is... Yeah. <laughs> It's incredibly specific, uh, and like I, I'm not sure if they would be able to to calculate down to like exact coordinates. But I love there's one moment where they say like, you know, it's not only heading towards the the U.S. but uh, you know it, it's and this is where the newscaster says uh, it's it's going to hit the town of Wananta, uh, New York. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and someone's like, how do they know that? I'm like, math. That's how they, <laughs> That's how they fucking know it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so you know we know that it is in fact uh, hitting Spencer's house now. During the other course of the movie, um, Kenny and Spencer do end up reconnecting, and this is where we get Spencer's backstory, where he talks about his dad, um, you know, uh, moved away, like took the family out to try to you know get a better life, worked really really hard his whole life, got his final check as he was about to you know retire. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. his dad, his dad was like. This was my last day working. I have my final, like I got my final paycheck. I am, I am heading home to now just spend time with my family. I'm retiring, and he dies of a heart attack before he even makes it home. And he says, like, before he even got to cash that retirement check. Um, and so this is what triggers uh, Spencer to take his family and move out because he's like, we need to, re, you know, we need to reconnect. We need to be a family. You know, we need to be out out of the big city in order to do that. Less distractions, blah blah blah. So that's like his motive for it. But but you don't though. But you don't. You don't. Right. And, you know, he tells another sob story about his mom. You know, we're kind of same idea. It's like everybody was so focused on building a life that they, you know, they're like trying to work to build something that they didn't They didn't focus on family. So, like, Spencer's mm-hmm. intentions are there. They're good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's yeah. It's not the worst motivation a character has had in a movie we've watched. Right. No. Uh, now, the problem is, is that once they start narrowing down uh, where they're like, yes, it's hitting Oneonta, the mother and daughter are like, cool, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Pack like you your do. shit. Let's go. And Spencer's like, no. And they're like, why? <laughs> when he says, like, on, on three, stay or go, we're going to have a vote. And like they do the countdown and... Wife and daughter both say go, and he says stay, and mom's like, well, that's it. We voted. We're going. He's like, no, we're staying. I'm like, then why did you have the <laughs> why vote? Did you know? She even says, like, we voted. <laughs> um, yeah, I. so this is the part where I started being like, Spencer is being unreasonable, where he's like, no, I'm going to protect you. And I'm like, motherfucker, protect you from an asteroid? Right. No, the fuck you ain't. Like, you yeah. are going to die and get uh, literally blown to smithereens. <laughs> Like, let's say that they're wrong and it doesn't hit exactly on your house. Like, this is still going to be a bad place to live for a while. Oh, yeah. Pack up your... You haven't even unpacked your house. Get the essentials back in the car and go the fuck away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. And so, you know, as they start doing this, Spencer starts really, like, doubting everything. And, you know, and, and he makes a really good point. He was like... Uh, which I thought was going to go in another direction. Uh, and I had don't look up vibes for this. Cause he was mm-hmm. like, something doesn't add up. He's like, something's missing. He's like, do you see an asteroid? And they're like, Oh yeah. Like nobody can see. He's like, if it's supposed to be hitting in a day, why can't we see it? Um, very valid point. Mm-hmm. That plot never really goes anywhere. 
Yeah. Uh, which was kind of frustrating. Um, and I thought they were going to go another direction as I started learning this part. So while Kenny and uh, Spencer are reconnecting, Kenny tells this story that the reason why he doesn't like Wilson and doesn't trust him is, is Kenny's dad um, basically uh, bought up all of this mining equipment and all of this, like, uh, uh, like basically ready to mine this large area. Because I guess uh, what they discovered is un under Oneonta is a large, extremely rare mineral deposit that is so valuable that they couldn't even calculate how much money it's actually worth. Like it's worth so much money. So very similar to Don't Look Up where it's the the comet is worth so much money that they're like, oh my God, this is trillions of dollars. It's the reverse where the ground is worth, like what's, what's under where the asteroid's about to hit mm -hmm. is worth like so much money. They're like, we literally couldn't even tell you how much money it's worth. Like it is worth more than anything, you know, anything we could calculate. So what happens is Kenny's parent or Kenny's father basically gets all the mining uh, equipment and getting ready to do this and was then going to go and basically buy out all these houses so that he could tear them up and mine under it and be like, you know, buy these houses out for millions. Mm -hmm. But Wilson's family and Wilson bought all the properties and then refused to sell them. So now they're in this weird stalemate where they can't mine on the property because Wilson won't get rid of the houses because Wilson wants the property. But they never they never fully explain why Wilson wants the property because he's he's not gonna mine it or anything like that. He just he just wanted the property, I guess. Yeah. And that that is uh, a a bit of an unfinished uh story arc. Yeah. And then there's one more part on top of that, which we learn in the end of the movie. Um, which does bring me to my point about the plot hole. What we learn is the reason why, uh, you know, so what we find out is that there was a brand new cell tower um, built right by uh, um, uh, Spencer's house that he purchased. And uh, they were like, yeah, that's odd that you don't have service because there's that giant cell tower they just put right next to your house. And he's like, mm. wait, what? And they're like, yeah, like they just built it like uh, last year or whatever. And he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So what we learn is through Wilson, because Wilson, you know, is listening to the to the people or whatever, to the underground network, is that uh, the cell tower is generating a magnetic force that is pulling the asteroid to crash onto this exact area, which in turn would get rid of all the houses so that it could be mined uh, hey. for all the property. I think this is a brilliant story. I think that's uh -huh. a brilliant, brilliant story, but it it it's not done well. Yeah, yeah. That it it had a, a ton of potential and just felt like they they rushed to wrap it up and didn't really give us a, a satisfying wrap up because who put it there? Wilson knew about it, or he knew through his his connections. He knew that there was a gravity device. Yeah, he didn't know what it was, where it was, or how to get it. But you knew that it existed. And then, he, and then we learned that, like, oh, it's already there somewhere, probably on your property. Like, oh, right. what is this? But we don't know, like, is is Wilson involved with the, the, the gravity device to, to bring the, the meteor down? Is it his, like, shadowy contacts? Is it these, you know, Thompson and Thompson? Yeah, uh, Agent yeah, Thompson I'm, and Agent I'm, Thompson. Uh, that's, I'm sorry, I'm, that's Thompson with a P. <laughs> um, uh, you know, is it them? Like, is, is it the U.S. government? In which case, if, if the U.S. government is involved, why does the U.S. cede uh, 
the the city of Oneonta from the U.S. Uh, I guess its own sovereign territory. Like there, there's a lot to be explored here that, like, almost honestly, deserved its own movie. It does. So, so here's the plot hole thing about it, though. If that house went up for sale, why wouldn't Kenny, knowing that the issue is is that they're looking for a property, why wouldn't Kenny buy it? Yeah, buy the house and then and just then mine tear that one that area. Down and then yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's got a huge property. Like they even say, like he has acres and acres of land. I mean, it could be something where, like, because mines are so you know, devastatingly impactful to their, their surroundings, like it might be that, like, even with that one large property, it's not enough. But it still would have been like, okay, buy that, and then you know that the next time a house goes through, like the right, you, know, you just get them a little bit at a time, and maybe like start some small scale operations to pay for it. Right. You know what? What I think would have been better if if I were to rewrite this movie, I think what would have been better is I would have um, made it that he inherited the house, and that's why it didn't get sold. Because I think that would have, I think that would have like sewn up a small plot hole. Is yeah. that like his parents owned the house, and then when his mom died, we could say was very recently, like was the reason why they moved. You know, like gave him or was the spark to to encourage them to move. Is that the mom dies, leaves them this house. And they go up to the house because he's like, no, we're going to get out of the big city. This is a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back to where I grew up. We'll reconnect, you know, with, with each other. And I almost thought that they were going to, to take us down a path where like, it turns out that either Kenny or Wilson were both in their own way were like behind it all. Yeah. I thought it was going to, we were going to find out like Kenny, Kenny wasn't who he seems or something like that. Right. Like, like, he's he's the evil conglomerate trying to like, you know, wreck the city or whatever. But it's, it's not like. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Why didn't they just buy? Why land? didn't they just buy the house? You know, so in the end of the movie, basically, he learns that you know the gravity thing is, uh, is there. You know, finally, he gets Kenny and and Wilson to like go with them, and they're going to shut down the power for the gravity thing. And he's like, maybe it'll you know divert the asteroid enough, and it won't hit my house. And you know, Kenny's like, yeah, but what about my house? What about my shop? Like, what about the rest of the city? And that's when, you know... It's a fair question. It's a fair question. And Spencer's like, oh, fuck. And that's kind of when he has that moment of like, you're right. Like, I, he's like, I've been so focused on me and what I want that I have not seen everyone else around me. And this is kind of his moment of like, I haven't been paying attention to what my daughter actually wants and needs. I haven't been paying attention to what my wife actually wants and needs. Like mm-hmm. I've been so focused on my own decision that I, you know, I buried myself in this and and now my family's suffering. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, you know, with my family. Now we learned that there is basically a a series of caves, like caverns, um, which is very common in upstate New York. There's tons of different like caves and caverns there's like how caverns and the herkimer diamond mines and stuff like that where people can like go underground and look at stalagmites and stalactite type things mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. tons of those so there is one in oneonta where that's where they're all going to go while the asteroid hits after it hits then they're all going to go above surface now the huge flaw in this plan is that if the asteroid hits and then covers the entrance to these caves they're buried alive and fucked they should all well, have just left <laughs> Theoretically, if like anyone on the outside world knew about this uh, this evacuation plan to the caverns, and then it gets blocked, 
then someone could come and clear them out, and they probably could survive the the couple of days that it would take to do that. But they would but need Aaron, uh, a passport to get into the country of Oneonta. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also, uh, secret caverns, I think, is 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 a real place, but it's out in like House Cave, which is near like closer to like past Cobleskill and like not actually near oh, Oneonta yeah. at all. So I, I I wonder if there actually is a cavern near enough to Oneonta or if that was another case of like, well, this thing exists, but we're going to write it someplace we're just else. Put it somewhere. Cough, yeah. house cough. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, where they said it was Utica, but they could have just said Skinny Atlas. I kept, it, We kept forgetting was, to ask David was, about that. It's in Syracuse. It's right there. They, they shot the James Street location. Right. Ah, oh, God damn it. Anyways, yeah. Great movie, by the way. Yeah, fantastic movie. Um, yeah, so so you know, finally Spencer's like, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna go. You know, let's let's go to the caverns. Let's let's you know go to the underground and wait and see what happens. They also bring up the fact that like you know, basically Spencer owns the property on which they're about to do a mining thing. Kenny owns all the thing to the mining, but now all the houses are gonna be gone. So Kenny can just now he's going to become a bazillionaire because he's yeah. going to mine all of these rare, super rare minerals. And mm-hmm. what we also learn is that the asteroid is also made of all these minerals. And that's one of the things about the magnet that's pulling it mm-hmm. um, is that it created a magnet. You know, the, the tower created the magnet between the two minerals to basically crash it. But again, we never learn who set up the tower and why. Um, I guess the assumption is Agent Thompson and Agent Thompson, <laughs> uh, but the why I, I don't really know. Anyways, um, yeah. So I just I I love the idea of Kenny making out like a fucking bandit because me of this. too. Just going yeah. from like inherited a small town hardware store from his dad and just making ends meet to being like a fucking baller. Yeah, to like, being just a tr- fucking a get it, Kenny. Yeah. fucking get it. Let's do. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so if I were to rewrite this movie, I think I would play up the conspiracy aspect of it a little more and I would lean into the absurdity of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not recast anyone though. I think everybody played their part exactly. I just think with a, with a different writing, maybe a different director, but, but definitely different writing, uh, and leaning into the absurdity more. I think everybody would have been perfect in this movie. And I, I told you that, so there's a scene where um, Kenny and Spencer accidentally eat a bunch of LSD-laced uh, oh, yeah, Sour Patch Kids, yeah, uh, which is great. Yeah, uh, it, it makes no sense for the, the movie, but creates some great moments, like the, uh, you know, it's the universe, man, the one thing everyone should understand. Like, yep. it, it, yeah, it creates um, that moment for us. And, um, oh, shit, I lost it. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. What happened during that scene? Uh, remember. Where they're driving? Oh, yeah. Yes, I remember. It's the joke that I made to you earlier. It, the, the Kyle Carvin looks like Frank Grillo doing his best Ben Stiller impression during this <laughs> scene, and it's brilliant. I don't, I don't know if they're, like, I, in my head, somebody gave him that direction, but maybe he just, that's just naturally who he is when he thinks he's high. That's just who he did. He's, he's doing the Zoolander when Zoolander <laughs> gets high. But it's, it's like, it's Ben Stiller, but like somehow like Ben Stiller figured out how to be serious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this like bordering on just like the utterly absurd, but it's played so straight. Yeah. I mean that, that thing, like that scene where the, where they get high as balls and they're like camping out and like talking and stuff like that. Like that scene would have played better 
had the rest of the movie played into the absurdity more, mm-hmm. like really hyped up the conspiracal, you know, the conspiratorial aspect of it. Um, but yeah, so Asteroid is streaming on Tubi TV right now. Um, you can just watch it for free. Like you can just, just fucking do it. You can just go fucking watch it. Um, so should you watch this movie? Yeah, I think this movie was really fun, actually. Uh, yeah, I, uh, for for what it is, I can't think of a reason not to watch it. I, I again, I I went into this thinking like this is gonna be trash, and I had a fucking blast. Like it was one of the just like one of the I don't want to say one of the best, but one of the funnest comedies that I've just sat down and watched in a long time, and just effortless really yeah i what you know one of the scenes that i i uh two scenes that i remember audibly laughing out loud was one when wilson uh ends up coming to the house and meeting uh the mother and daughter uh (laughs) lynn and zoe and he sticks out his hand he goes oh ma'am younger ma'am and he sticks his hand out to shake zoe's hand and she just shakes her head like no no (laughs) she just goes no and then backs up and i thought that was great um, and then the other line we talked about is when the two agents uh, come to his property. He's like, no, you know what? Get off my property. And they're like, well, I mean, technically the, the property line's right here. Like we're, we're passing. He's like, no, no, no. It's, it's more like here. It's like, you're too close. Just back up. I audibly laughed at that uh, scene too because it was, it was pretty funny. And if nothing else we've said has convinced you, do it for Kyle Carvin's smoldering eyes. Oh, yeah. Those beautiful <laughs> eyes, aren't they? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, if you like... Chiseled men with smoldering eyes. Look up Kyle Carbon's IMDb profile and just scroll through his photos. I mean, it's do yourself a favor. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. He, he's a he's a good looking dude. Uh, so, uh, so there it is, everyone. Uh, episode two of our apocalypse uh, month. Uh, you know, we're kicking off January uh, 2022 uh, in in the most uh, uh, bleakest way possible. Oh, yeah. uh, by talking about apocalypse movies for no reason. I mean, no. it's, it, nothing has nothing to do with anything. We just thought no. it'd be cool. Um, uh, yeah, so so there it is, everyone. Hey, if you have not subscribed to this podcast yet or f- hit that follow button or whatever, make sure to do that. And of course, leave a rating and review. Um, it's super, super helpful. Uh, and of course, don't forget to share with 100,000 of your closest friends. Yes. Yes. It's the least you can do. So it's, I mean, at bare minimum. Uh, So thanks uh, for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.